T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Good morning, everybody. It is Friday. It's the Friday show with me, Joe Beamer, here on News Radio 930 WBEN. Hope everyone is having a great kickoff to the weekend. For most of you, uh, it was not a full week. Even for me, not a full week. Frank, on the other hand, behind the glass, it was a full week for him. So he is living it up on this Friday. Weekend ahead, today, a full day of college football. You know that makes me happy. 12 to 12, nothing but bowl games. Tomorrow, the college football playoffs, 4 and 8 o'clock. I think we're probably going to see LSU Clemson, but, you know, let's, let's see the games play out. And then Sunday, kind of a party-type atmosphere for the Bills game. You know, no one really cares what happens in the game as long as none of the starters get hurt. And I'm hoping I read yesterday that Josh Allen is going to start and I don't get what's gained by that uh, at all. So I hope it's, you know, for a drive, maybe like the first preseason game. He goes out there, he gets a standing O off the field and then put all the backups in. Let's go. Let's rest the starters. Get ready for what most likely will be Houston. Next Friday is going to be a fun show. Let me tell you that. The weekend of the playoffs, Friday is going to be fun. Next week's going to be fun. Like Brian kept saying this morning, here in Buffalo, the holiday season is just kicking off. We've got playoff football to look forward to. So our holiday season, nowhere close to being done, hopefully. So a weekend of football ahead. The Buffalo Sabres, they've been behind the scenes. The Buffalo Bills are on fire. Everyone's focusing on this playoff run that could happen. And the Buffalo Sabres quietly are sneaking their way back into the playoff picture. So Buffalo sports, uh, both relevant right now in their leagues. And that's always good to see. So a good sports weekend kicking off. The Bandits also home this weekend. The Buttes 
home this weekend. Four Buffalo teams all home this weekend. So hopefully you can fit one or all four into your schedule and uh, have a good sports weekend. Enjoy the last weekend of 2019. Now, next week, we're going to do decade in review one day and year in review the next day, I was listening back to some 2010s music, and we'll get into this on Monday because this is one of the angles uh, I'd like to see where you stand. I was listening to 2010s music, right? Um, and I have to tell you, out of all the decades, and I'm talking, let's start at the 50s and move up. 2010s music, not the best. Not the best. You know, I listened to a lot of 2000s as the uh, opening theme this morning. Better Off Alone by DJ Alice. That song was big in 99. I remember uh, my parents driving me to Smallwood Elementary School, listening to Kiss 98.5 and Better Off Alone being on the radio. But, you know, every decade seemed to have that distinctive um, theme about them, right? 60s, 70s, 80s. 90s, you, you can listen to a song out of one of those decades and pretty much put it either in the decade or um, or in the decade before. You know, there's some late 80s music that probably sounds like early 90s music. But in 2010, what was the distinctive theme? It was a little more trappy. I think you, you have that. Uh, country music got more poppy, I think, in the last 10 years. But you can listen to a song from 07 and 17, and I think they sound the same. So I'm going to say, and tell me if you think I'm wrong, I'm going to say 2010's music might be one of the worst for when we're talking in terms of decades. I would say 2010's would probably probably go down as one of the worst. But that's something we're going to talk about on Monday. Look back at the decade, a decade that started with me in college and ended with me having more airtime, sitting here behind the mic, being able to talk to you. So it was a pretty good decade for me. I'm not saying it's a bad decade. I just think the music might have been uh, subpar. But we'll talk about that, like I said, on Monday. Yesterday, the stock market, again, breaking records. Anytime you look, it's breaking records. Anytime it has a bad day, and of course... Those in the media overreact to a bad day in the stock market. What does it do? The next day or the next week, it makes up those points and then some. And it seems there's no end in sight. We were told there's going to be a recession. Oh, stop spending your money. There's going to be a recession. And it's going to be right before the holidays. Well, that never came to be. Actually, the market seems more strong now than it ever has been. And we have an election coming up. I don't know if you heard. 2020 presidential election. You've had primary debates. You've had all these campaign speeches. What are the Democrat candidates avoiding? Talking about the stock market. Well, we're going to talk about the market this morning. We're going to talk about the economy. It was a great shopping season for some stores that desperately needed it. We'll talk about that as well. And we will talk to you. Yes, we're going to talk money on this Friday. As many of you look at that paycheck, you might be in the mood to talk a little money. It's Joe Beamer. It's Friday. Let's have a little fun. Let's kick off the weekend right here on News Radio 930 WBEN.
It's Joe Beamer here on the Friday show, News Radio 930 WBEN on the Volkswagen of Orchard Park text board. I think as time rolls on, the 2010s will be known as the decade of EDM and house music really got defined and took off. Adam in the first ward. Adam, you're absolutely right. And you know what? I have to say, if we look at just EDM and just house music and how it really took off, I think it really did. I, I, I actually think it was decent. It, it was good. So we'll see. We'll see what, uh, what happens five years from now, how we look at the 2010s. But Adam does make a good point. EDM was really hot this year, um, or this decade, as well as house music. All right. So the stock markets, that's what we're going to talk about. Yesterday, the NASDAQ closed above 9,000 for the first time. The NASDAQ is breaking records. The Dow above is at 28,621, and that's before the markets open today in eight minutes. Also, the S&P is also at an all-time high. So the markets are making money. The economy is growing. We have jobs, unemployment at an all-time low, and that's all, all down the line, low unemployment. President Trump has given tax cuts. Now, we've seen that get get uh, bashed by the people running for president. But as we see the market continue to grow, thank you, Frank. I forgot something in the printer. Frank went and got it for me. Thank you very much. As we see the markets continue to grow, we keep seeing good news about the economy. This one just came out today. Super Saturday, the latest sign, Trump's economy is unstoppable. That was in the New York Post this morning. American consumers spent $34.4 billion on December 21st, a phenomenal figure that exceeded expectations and easily broke last year's Super Saturday record of $31.9 billion. And that was between, between November 1st and Christmas Eve, retail sales grew 3.4% over that time last year. Unemployment is at a 50-year low. We saw, that, we saw that as well. It's the president coming through on promises he made. Remember when Trump got, was elected? Let's go back to 2016. I like to do that a lot. When Trump got elected and all the futures were in the you know, negative 500, they, they are all you know, down on the news that Hillary Clinton was not going to be the next president. Oh, and, and, and Donald Trump doesn't know what he's doing. He's going to ruin the economy. He's going to ruin the, he's going to ruin the, uh, the, the government. He's going to ruin D.C., which actually for the better, but he gets in there and what does he start doing? He starts fulfilling every promise he made or at least attempting to fill every promise he made. His number one thing was we need a businessman to look over the economy. And so far it's paid off. And out of all that, you watch the Democrat debates and they talk about how embarrassing the president is. And how he's going to ruin, you know, we have so much to, to climb out of. He's put us in so much, he's done so much damage to this country. Really? Has he? Has he done that much damage to the country? The markets keep breaking records. People have more money in their back pocket. We have one of the strongest uh, military ever. 
He keeps putting money where it should be to make to keep us safe. I don't understand what damage the country has to climb out of. And the market is still breaking records. It was just two months ago we were told. I remember sitting in this studio and I had CNN on because sometimes I will put CNN on and see what they're talking about. You got to see what the other side's talking about. And CNN was telling us that we were going to have a recession, that we should plan for a recession before the holiday season, that a pre-holiday recession was going to happen. Well, it didn't. And people spent more money. People spent more money the Saturday before Christmas. And every year those numbers go up. Last year it was 31.4 billion. This year 34.4 billion. So Americans have more money to spend. And you know, this is the argument I made on Hardline with Kevin Hardwick on Sunday. I said, you know, Kevin said that, you know, the, the, the deficit keeps going up. But eventually, if more Americans have money and are working and are spending more money, putting more money back into the economy, eventually we will have the money to pay down that deficit. So, yeah, right now it looks the deficit looks bad. A trillion dollar deficit. That's yeah, that's pretty bad. And it keeps going up and up. But if that money keeps on, if that money is taken out so Americans can have jobs and Americans can start making money and Americans can hold on to more of their money, believe it or not, when Americans can hold on to more of their money, they'll spend it. They'll have more money to spend. So I want to know what you think. 803-0930, star 930, the market's at an all-time high, records breaking, the Democrats on their primary debates, they don't like to talk about the stock market. And when they do, you have Elizabeth Warren saying, I will be Wall Street's worst nightmare. So Wall Street is doing great. You know, a lot of people have their retirements in the market. But Elizabeth Warren, no, no, no. If I'm elected president, that's going to be, the, that's going to be the worst, their worst nightmare for Wall Street. I don't think that's a solid campaign message. But it seems like they don't want to run on the economy. They don't want to run on Wall Street. You have Joe Biden saying that he would cut 100,000 jobs if it was better for the, for the environment. Like who, who listens to that and says, all right, that's my guy. You think the voter in Michigan who went, who went, who is a Democrat, voted for Obama, now voted for Trump because he made promises of bringing his job back. Now they have their job back. They're watching Joe Biden say, oh, yeah, you know, we can cut 100,000 jobs if it's better for the environment. Really? That's their plan to get voters back in Michigan and in Wisconsin and in Pennsylvania? You know, we said this yesterday, and I'll say it again today. Do I wish President Trump tweeted less? Yes. Do I wish he didn't say some absurd things from time to time? Yes. But when you look at Americans going back to work, and you turn on the TV, and as much as they try to avoid it, you go to CNBC or Fox Business or listen to us here on WBEN, 
And you see, oh my gosh, the, the, the markets are at all-time numbers. We were told it would never get above blank. And now look where it is. And then you turn on the Democrat debate and you have one candidate saying they'll be Wall Street's worst nightmare. And you have another candidate who said he'll cut 100,000 jobs if it's good for the environment. Couldn't you just put aside, all right, yeah, Trump says some absurd stuff, but you can't really debate what's going on. You can't really debate that more, there's more money in our economy. I'd like to know from you, 803-0930, star 930, the Trump economy, the stock market. Where does Trump get the, uh, the credit and how do you run against a strong economy? More after this. Welcome back. News Radio 930 WBEN. Joe Beamer with you on the Friday show. Talking about the economy. But first, I want to talk about Christmas spirit. But we'll do that next segment. There's a little tease for you. Let's get right to the calls. Talking about the stock market. Talking about the economy. And someone I was not able to get to yesterday. So we will kick the show off with him today. It's Tony and Clarence. Tony, good morning. Joe, thank you for being there and having a really uh, stimulating discussion on the air. We appreciate it, those who listen. Thank you, Tony. I appreciate that. But, but first of all, let's go back in time. When President Trump was on the stump, he promised that our economy would grow by 6 per, 6% GDP. That's the growth that the economist will look at. That's the factor that's most important. Currently, his growth factor is just a little below 3%. That's not, that's not 6%. The growth of our economy is not the 6% he promised. Well, explain that to me, Joe. Why isn't it at 6%? Tony, I would love to. And yes, he did promise 6%. And no, it's not there yet. Uh, but you see the market growing. You see the unemployment down. You see people having more money in their pocket. I will say this. You're right, Tony. He has not gotten to 6% yet. And I hope he can one day. But you look at the last two presidents before him, President Bush and President Obama. They both had periods of their presidency where the GDP was in negative range. President Trump has not done that yet. He's actually been pretty steady. But you are right. He has not gotten to 6%. That's an absolute uh, outrage. President President Obama's economy grew at 1.9%. Go look at the statistics. I'm looking at, I have the numbers right in front of me, Tony. Well, when he left, it was 1.9%. That much I think I know. No, I I didn't say he left it at that. I said there were points during his presidency where he had negative GDP all the way down to a negative four at one point. Yes, you're right. He did leave with a 1.9 GDP. 
I'm saying so far during President Trump's presidency, at least he has not gotten to negative GDP. No, he has not gotten to six, and you are correct. Yeah, Joe, half of the American people don't own stocks. A person like myself, I would be bankrupt if I didn't was in a disabled veteran that uses the facilities at the VA to keep me alive. Okay, I would I could not afford health insurance in this country right now. Has it, has the president given us health insurance that would be? Well, he's got to have both parties wanting to work with him, Tony. And there is one party in Congress that only wants to work against him. No, Joe, the House of Representatives has passed 275 bills, including some modifications of Obamacare or Affordable Care Act, actually. And it's sitting there on Mitch, Mitch, Moscow Mitch's desk, not even being touched. None of these bills have been uh, have been discussed in the in the Senate. Are, yeah, but probably all those bills would bring down the market and the GDP growth. Well, the market is not affecting me. But it is affecting a lot of people who have retirement in it, Tony, and don't depend on Social Security. Joe, the fact is, is uh, Ali Velchi was on yesterday, and he showed that over fifty percent of the American people. Don't own stocks, period, in anything. And that's the, that's a fact. We, where are you going to get the money to buy stocks if you have limited income? I mean, and what are you talking about, jobs? Well, what about the jobs that are paying below minimum, uh, minimum wage here that people can't have two or three jobs just to afford food on the table? Well, Tony, Tony, I think a lot of people would rather have a job that pays something than a job that has nothing. I got to go. I got to get to other calls because according to one texter, I only take the same three people every show. Let's go to John in Toronto. John, good morning. Hey, Joe. How you doing? I'm doing all right, John. What do you got for us? Good. I got three points. Uh, just with the, the first thing, uh, just to correct something, what you said was technically accurate about uh, President Obama's uh, tenure. But I mean, the negative growth came in the first six months of his uh, presidency when the, 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 the world's capitalist system was, uh, was on the brink of, uh, of defeat. So that, that's well, John, really John, I'll let, uh, I'll let you finish, but can I just make a, a point? You're right. His lowest GDP was when he was first elected, but he also saw a sink in 2011 and also in 2014, but not as bad as when he was first elected. That is correct. I, uh, I will uh, bow to your uh, knowledge because I, I didn't. I thought it was seven years of uninterrupted growth. But just quickly, uh, the reason three points so I can remember them. Uh, the reason I like Elizabeth Warren is before the 2007 meltdown, she was screaming to anyone who would who would listen to her that the system was going to uh, collapse. After the collapse, uh, there was uh, a bill put in place by I think it's called Dodd Frank. And uh, it, uh, it uh, limited the uh, ability of mortgage-backed securities, which was one of the biggest problems that affected the market because people would – Wall Street was able to, for the first time, because Glass-Steagall was, uh, was, uh, was taken away, you were allowed to bundle mortgages and – lousy mortgages and sell them on the stock market, which, which you were never able to do uh, before. Dodd-Frank limited that. If uh, if President Trump uh, gets his way, I'm not going to knock President Trump completely. I'm going to say some nice things about him in a sec. But 
uh, if he gets his way and gets Congress, the first thing they're going to do is get rid of Dodd-Frank. And when you talk about getting rid of regulations, it sounds great because there's a temporary gain. And right now, yes, the market is the highest ever. That's also true under periods of Obama as well. The unemployment rate is the lowest ever. That was also true under uh, uh, the end of uh, Obama's uh, thing. They're even better now, so I'm giving Trump some credit for that. That's true. But it's kind of like a sugar rush. It's kind of like if you take away the regulations, it's great now, but there could be catastrophe catastrophe, uh, later. And my last point is... uh, when you talk about Bernie Sanders saying, uh, I think it was Bernie Sanders or Joe Biden, he's going to take away 100,000 jobs uh, because of, uh, of regulations, uh, because of environmental regulations. What it does is it opens up a, a whole new sector of a huge amount of, of job growth. Like whenever there's a job, uh, a, a job uh, report, and generally the job reports lately have been really good, it, they'll say, oh, the, the economy grew by uh, 300,000 jobs and 100,000 jobs were lost. If you, if you looked at it and, and you wanted it to be negative, you could say, oh, we lost 100,000 jobs. It's the same thing with what uh, Sanders is saying. It's kind of like if you put in these, uh, these uh, if, you, if you put back regulations, it's going to open up a huge new sector of, uh, of, uh, of job growth. So, Well, John, and I appreciate your call, John, but can I just make the point, if you're, you know, a voter in Michigan who just got their job back. They just went back to work for the first time in five years. And you hear Joe Biden say that. Can you can you at least see why someone would say that and be afraid to put their vote in for that person? See, that's the problem with the Democrats is they say things that aren't really good sound bites. And the Republicans and Trump in particular is really good at enunciating something and saying it over and over again. And it sticks in people's heads. For example, when Hillary Clinton said, I'm going to put a lot of coal, uh, coal miners out of business. If you listen to the whole thing, which no one would because it's long, it's kind of like what she actually said was she's going to uh, because coal is going to be dead anyways, which regardless of what Trump says, Coal is never going to come back because it's more expensive right now than natural gas. So not only is it bad for the environment, it's bad for the economy. So why would you, you uh, it would be corporate welfare to, uh, to support, uh, basically communism, to support something that doesn't make any, any sense. And her whole point, if you listen to it, was we're going to change that, the, the coal miner's job into other things because those jobs are gone anyways. She said it in such a stupid, inelegant way that that's what uh, the Republicans and the Democrats would have done the same thing. It's kind of like they grab that. It's kind of like you're going to put all these uh, people in Pennsylvania and West Virginia uh, out of business. Uh, also, just very quickly, when the collapse happened, I had just started my company, and uh, I was dependent upon um, – my biggest customer was a, a company that sells nuts and bolts to the automotive industry. I thought I was going to go broke because I thought these people were going to go bankrupt and they weren't going to be able to, uh, to pay me. So that's part of the reason that I like, I don't love him, but I like Obama because I think it's the Obama economic miracle because things were so bad. I don't think a lot of people realize how absolutely horrible things things were. And somehow it came through. It wasn't perfect. There were mistakes made, but we pulled through it. Capitalism is strong, is strong now. But if you take away things like Dodd-Frank, we're in the same vulnerable situation that we were in pre-2007, and I don't think that's a good position. Well, John, I always like hearing the other side. Uh, you have a great weekend, okay? You too, Joe. All right, John in Toronto. I will say to this, uh, because a lot of people point to President Obama, and they say Trump is just reeling off of Obama's success, but 
the president has done a lot of things like limit regulations that were put on by the Obama administration and has done a lot so we can be more of a business-friendly country because you don't want the country to turn into New York State, one of the most unbusiness-friendly states in the union. You look at all the regulations. You look at all, I mean, Amazon was about to go to New York City and AOC scared them away. This is not a business-friendly state. And you can talk to a lot of uh, business owners who, uh, who, who will say the same thing. If this wasn't home, they wouldn't have a business here. You don't want the country to turn into that. And yes, President Obama had a few years where he had a high GDP growth. But he also had some years where it didn't grow or it was a negative GDP. The president has at least sustained since he's taken office. And no, Tony's right. He hasn't gotten to that 6% yet. But things are moving in the right direction. And we'll see what happens in 2020. But I'm looking at this chart and I'm seeing all the ups and downs of the Bush administration, of the Obama administration. If there's one thing Trump has done, the GDP is pretty even. It is never, it, he's never had a year where it didn't grow and he never had a year where it was negative growth. 803-0930, star 930. Tony and Clarence called and mentioned his time in the service and I did not thank him for his service before he hung up. So Tony, if you're still listening, as we always do here, thank you for wearing the uniform. We might not agree, but we are always thankful for those who put their life on the line for us. 9.50, I am very late for a break. When we come back, we'll talk to you. We will also hear from Rush. It's Friday here on BEN. Let's have a little fun here on Friday. It is the Friday show. My name's Joe Beamer. We've got people on hold, so let's get to them. Chris in Hamburg. Chris, good morning. Hi, Joe. I've been waiting a long time. I'll tell you what I'm about to say is going to upset a lot of people. You know, I'm a baby boomer. I'm 65 years old. And what ruined this country is the baby boomers. I hope for your sake that they make changes and you're able to control your own investments. I've been investing for over 40 years. I haven't, in, I haven't used the credit card in over 30 years. And the reason because out of discipline. I'm so tired now that with this progressive. Here's what has destroyed this country. You want to see the GDP really advance? Get rid of the entitlements. Get rid of it. Get rid of it. Control your own. We are living in the greatest time for investment. And why? Because, for instance, your generation, you're going to have to invest. The markets, 9000 for the NASDAQ, that's just a stepping stone. What's about to happen is if, if people don't feel that they can make money in this country, they're fools. All they do is they spend more than they have, and that's the problem. You know what? I get $125 a month in Social Security, and I don't even want that. They could have it. They could have it because I use my brains and, my, and, and savvy, and I invested. And that's the problem with this country. People spend more than they, more than they take in. And it, it, if you're, you're a fool if you don't think that you can become a millionaire in this country. Invest, invest. Now's the time. Chris, I can't add anything to that, except I have said for a while there needs to be some kind of plan to phase out Social Security for younger generations so they don't have to pay into it. But those who have paid into it, those who, who uh, continue to pay into it, yep. could get something out of it. But it seems every time you say that, it just uh, it quickly gets silenced. Joe, can you just imagine what will happen if there's Medicare for everyone? Oh, yeah. I mean, <laughs> I mean you talk about insanity. I mean, you know, I know what I said upsets a lot of people in my age bracket, but unfortunately, 
hopefully it's not unfortunate for your generation. For, for me, for being 65 years old, and what I rearranged my whole portfolio because I only see it going up and up and up. Chris in Hamburg, thanks for the call, man. That's Chris uh, opening up a line for you at 803-0930. I, I am one who thinks you have to take advantage. You have to, you have to focus on you, and you can't depend on something else when you retire. I know Social Security is there. We all pay into it. But eventually, Social Security is not going to be there. And I think we all need to, especially people my age and younger, need to start feeding into a 401k, start putting money aside for when they retire. Don't depend on the government um, to be to have that Social Security plan when you retire, well, for me, 40 years from now. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.